Hey, and welcome to the Nobody's Famous Podcast. That, that's actually true. I mean, what is fame? You know, what, what is fame? I think it's overrated being famous. Stick around and join us on our journey to explore the wonderful stories of people you've never heard of. All right, everybody, we are back on the Nobody's Famous Podcast. We are back with another great show today. I have an amazing, amazing guest with me today, the one and the only... Tarek Barada, how are you? Good, good, man. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, yeah. So again, Tarek, thank you for being on the show. Uh, thank you I'm for just going to jump right in here and say, okay, you've been in uh, media, you're doing exhibitions, you have that events background. What do you think, um, how do you see the future of, of this industry given the, the, the challenges the pandemic is, has put on people right now look in my in my honest opinion if there's one industry when we when we measure it in a proportional way if there's one industry that really got destroyed it is the events industry whether we like it or not and being part of that industry it hurts a lot but it is the truth and sometimes the truth hurts of course um the travel the travel industry has been affected uh, i agree but there is some ongoing uh, flights, cargo, stuff, etc., etc. But when it comes to the events industry, events is all about getting people together for one reason, whether it's a concert or doing business or whatever it may be. And uh, bringing people together is absolutely the last thing we would like right now. So I, uh, I hope for the best. I'm optimistic um, and uh, I'm truthful with myself as well. You know, you have to. Um, but at the same time, you know, you always have to be optimistic and we're hoping for the best. Is there anything that you think maybe is, is a way to kind of change the industry? Is there something there you'll say, okay, this is how it is moving forward or, or we're just going to have to wait? Uh, of course. I mean, a virtual, the virtual world is the way forward. And uh, I believe every company on a high level should, should start thinking at least or planning about adapting. Um, but it may differ. Uh, when you have a, a concert and it's a consumer-related event. I don't really, I don't really believe that people will be paying to watch an online concert. The concerts more about the experience, more about being close to the artist. Is there singing in front of you, going the next day, telling your friends for years after, telling I, I once attended a Metallica concert or whatever. That's that's what concerts are about. When it comes to exhibitions, it might differ, especially B two B business business uh, exhibitions. Um, in exhibitions, it's all about uh, data. Basically, when you when you book a stand and you want to sell your product, it's it's um, the company that organizes the exhibition is in charge of getting the right buyers, and that's how it works. So it can work virtually if you really if you really go into detail and, and work on a proper plan. It can work virtually, and I think I think there's a positive side to it where you get visitors from all over the world rather than just focus your visitors from the GCC if it's traveled and physically being there. That's something that's a very important point to uh, to mention. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, it might work, it might not work. It depends on how people react. But if you don't test it, you never know. So, and I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of stuff happening. Like I've seen a couple of promos about virtual exhibitions that have been sent to me by email. I've seen some platforms that look really nice and decent. So you, we never know. You have to test the waters. And uh, what's what's evident right now is that that's the way forward. Moving away from work and all this industry um you've lived in abu dhabi um all your life uh, in our brief conversation i i picked up on that and you told me about it um 
have you like you've never decided or contemplated living elsewhere you've decided to stay here was there a reason behind that or is this just just it is what it is um, it, it, it was never a decision that no I want to stay here um, my wife and I always talk about seeking for a new challenge now we know for a fact that we will never find anywhere more comfortable more secure and more safe than here we know that but life is all about challenges eventually you always want to try things um, so it wasn't a decision per se but it's just the opportunity never came up however in terms of uh, lifetime planning yes I, I would love to experience something else other than here and this brings yeah. me to the the main main topic in question that I that that I want to discuss with you is um, you being a third culture kid. Do you agree with this uh, classification? <laughs> well, it, again, it depends on how you define it. You know, it's uh, how you define being a third. Yes, it can be. It can be true. It can be true. I mean, a third culture kid defines that the parents were brought up somewhere, moved moved to a new country, and the child was exposed to both his parents and the new country's culture. Yeah. Now, for us, for us, it might be a little bit different. Okay, we were exposed to the Emirati culture, definitely. I mean, if, 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 if I want to speak Emirati, I can speak. Well, of course, you know, I'm Lebanese, but I can speak. You know, I, I can understand and speak really well Emirati. And uh, but but at the same time, I I, I had childhood friends with Emirati, but the majority of my friends when I was a kid were Palestinians, Lebanese, uh, Syrians, Egyptians in school as well. Uh, in, some were in Asians, Indians, uh, Westerns as well. So in a way, we did not follow the Emirati culture. We more created our own sub subculture, uh, which which and, and and again, what the culture really defines. Is, is there's two ways of looking at the culture. When, when somebody looks at a folklore dance, it's not, it's not really culture, it's, it's a culture expressing itself. But it's not really culture, it's an expression of, of the culture. Yeah, I find it interesting that you mentioned that, um, for example, a folklore dance is more of an expression of the culture rather than this is the culture. Because it's, it's, it's more like you, you, you look at things around the world and you see like, um, a traditional clothing or traditional dance or traditional foods and you say oh that's their culture you know and you yeah. say okay that's exactly what it is or that type of food that is what it is but sometimes i mean you like it's very different for each type of nationality they'll come and tell you you know for example in mexico mex mexican food is a huge part of the culture right um so for them it's more like okay that is something that they they define they agree with and you can say okay that kind of makes sense when you go there it's, it's a lot about that but but then again it, it's mixed it's different for many different cultures different people so i think i kind of agree with you and i, I feel some people might say also that's not entirely true as well i i I'm, I'm, again i think this is a conversation in itself to actually define what the culture is I'm not saying food, of course, food is a huge part of culture, what, the way they did a sub folklore dancing, all that is, but again, those are expressions of the culture. The food is something they came up with to give their taste to another country, or the, the folklore dance. Dancing in itself is, is expression. You're expressing yourself. And it's music. universal as well. It's universal. Again, it's not a debate of whether they are culture or not. No, they, they are part of, they're a huge part of the culture. But what really defines culture for me, how I see it, is, is, is belief, uh, your behaviors, how, how you guys uh, have the same interests, etc., etc., etc. 
you know? And I always say this, Yanni, the people in Abu Dhabi were brought up, born and raised here, we all ate in the same restaurants. We were all brought up in the same gardens, same clubs, tourist club, what it was, a tourist club or even uh, Apple. I don't know if you remember Apple or Haldi. There's some, there's a group of people who are brought up there. So, you know what I mean? So it's, it's very, this is, this is what I define a culture. Yeah, I, I, that brings me to my, my other question is that, uh, for example, the Arab expat culture in the UAE, do you, would you say that um, it's a culture of um, uh, everyone is, is that a culture or is everyone just a third culture kid and they just happen to get along uh, together? I think, I think, no, it's a culture because we build things together. Uh, the parents are very important in defining what your culture is. We cannot deny that. But your friends and your classmates at school and your teacher and the principals and the school staff are as important, if not more, because you're spending the majority of your time in school. And, and that's the truth of it. And uh, especially nowadays, I mean, back in the days with my parents, they were both, both working government and uh, government hour timings is much easier. It's like from seven to three. So I used to see my parents more. My dad used to have double jobs, not really, my mom maybe more. But nowadays it's even, it's, it's worse because most of the employees work, work private where it's 8.30 to 5.30 or 9 to 6 or whatever. And it's less time for the parents, more time for the friends. So I really think uh, it, it's not only the parents who define what your culture is. You find a lot of differences between me and my mom, me and my dad but not as much differences between me and my best friend who we were brought up together. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think this is where the question mark is when you go to either family gatherings and, and you're with your parents and, for example, your, your parents' counterparts or, or somebody from the family says, oh, he's very, he's very different. He has a very different way of thinking <laughs> or he has a very, yeah. uh, very, oh, he's very good at that, but he's not good at this thing that we're usually good at. So it's like, uh, it's like a mix of things. And I, I think that's where it comes from, but also the interest in different things as well. Off topic, just to get back to your point about the visiting the families, I think there are two main reasons here. It's not only the cultural part, there's another main reason. It's a generation thing. If you notice the difference between your mom and your grandma, it's, it's, it's much less than the difference between you and your mom. And there's a very easy explanation to the creation of the internet. Simple as it is. As simple as it is. You have the world's encyclopedia in your phone. Before, back in the days, like if, if our grandparents or parents wanted to learn anything, they had to go to a library, read the whole full book to get one information they were looking for. It was that difficult. I mean, now you can research anything. You can research how to be a petroleum engineer. Or you know what I mean? You can get answers to any question. I, I so think this is um, it's an amazing point that you raise because, um, believe it or not, we are... I mean, at least this generation, I, we're generation Y, let's say, the last generation before the complete internet, which is uh, generation Z, is yeah. uh, our, most of our lives and most of our habits, traditions, or even the way we, we treat others, whether we know it or not, was affected by the internet. I mean, we are the last generation to ever live in a time where there was no internet and then suddenly there was internet, yeah. you know, the last kids, the last children before that. Last childhood, last yeah. childhood, like I mean, yes. and, and it was a lot, of, a lot of it was like, um, you know, we, we still remember VHS and we used to remember these times, maybe not. In, Walkman. Yeah, we used to remember these moments and then suddenly in 1994, everything kind of flipped and changed on us. And we knew the time before the internet and we knew the time when it started. Um, yeah. So I think you bring up a very, 
very uh, important point, which isn't talked about maybe maybe much nowadays in terms of culture, but rather rather that internet did really make a big big change for us. Of course, uh, of course, yes. Um, yeah. Okay, so I want to I want to move this on to the last couple of questions, which are from our followers actually, and yeah. they have a few questions for you, which is amazing. Um, and the first first question comes from Miss Loves Travel. And okay. she asks you, do you feel that you have held on to your culture more or less considering you are a third culture kid? Okay. She, she definitely means my original culture, like my parents' culture, Lebanese, basically. Look, I, I, I'll give you one example. I, I, I danced that kid. As a kid, I still have the skills, but I grew older, of course. And I used to do it. I used to do it and get paid for it in weddings when I was like 14 or 15 years old. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, and it was it was a talent I have. And again, that K is is a Levant thing. It was Palestinian that K. My mom's Palestinian, so there was there is that relation. It was Palestinian that K. And 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 again, there are some parts like the food at home, etc. There are some parts that still originate from your your original culture. However, that is a minority. I think the majority comes basically from where you are, where you went, what did you do, interests, etc., etc., etc. And 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 I, I don't think I really held on to my culture per se, but there are some relations, but I don't really feel that I belong. Um, okay, on to our second question, who is from uh, Atifa underscore K, and she asks, "I'm a third culture kid as well, and I lost most of my own culture as a child." But as I grew older, I realized how important it was in my life and it did define a part of the decisions I made. Does it affect your lifestyle decisions and how you go about life? And are, are you sometimes caught between the two cultures? Okay, that's an interesting question. Um, look, I, I really believe and deeply believe that if I was born and raised in Lebanon, I would have not been the same person I am today. Again, that's not to criticize. I don't mean better or worse. It might be better, it might be worse if I was brought up in Lebanon. Not the same. Absolutely different. And, and fundamentally different, actually. Not only absolutely different. And, um, uh, you know, every time I learned or took decisions in my life, it's because of who I am. And who I am is, is the Abu Dhabi Indian, the me in Abu Dhabi. Uh, so of course, yes, of course, I believe it has it has affected uh, a lot of decisions uh, and, and my learning curve in general. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I also was educated here. A lot of the people I know who were, you know, born and raised here, they, they studied four years elsewhere and came back or came back to Dubai or, or whatever it is. Uh, I was also educated here. So in a way, yeah, I absolutely agree that it, it, played, it played a major role in any decision or even my learning curve in general. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that to a certain extent. For me, it's like I've had the chance to, to study abroad in two different countries, for example. And definitely in some parts, especially when I was there, it, it affects my, my decisions. Or when I came back, when I was in a certain country, it will affect my decisions here. I, I think it, what would be important as a key takeaway from this question and from your answer is to have things in in a in moderation in a way is like you you are you grow up in a certain culture and it affects your certain decisions but at the same time it's always good to either go back to your original culture or live somewhere new and try to take learnings from there and then make your own let's say 
you know, decision bank on how you want to mm-hmm. um, uh, approach things because part of it gives you an open-mindedness and part of it gives you the, the, the fact that you, need, you should hold on to some, some traditions. So I think the, the balance between these two I mean, people will, will know my, always my responses on the show are diplomatic and, and I try to be moderate <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. so I always try to, to, to say that it's always nice to have a balance between the two rather than lean too much to, to one side or the other. I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree, of course. It's such a diplomatic uh, answer and I agree to that as well. But, but again, it's sometimes not about where you lean. It's sometimes about... You just accepting who you are and where you are from. Uh, one point, one point I'd like to mention, uh, Ali, just part of the conversation. How I how I developed this idea of who I am and where I am. I was I always believed I have identity crisis. I always thought, oh, I have identity crisis. I'm Lebanese. My mom's Palestinian. I was brought up in, 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 born in Abu Dhabi and uh, have a Lebanese passport. So. But that's a negative way of looking looking at it. Where did I learn to develop an answer? Is when, when, when you travel a lot and people ask, where are you from? You know, at first I was like, I'm Lebanese. And after conversation, after a while, oh no, but I was born and raised in Abu Dhabi. Like, I've been to Lebanon, did you go to this area? Uh, no, but I was born and raised in Abu Dhabi. That's why my knowledge about Lebanon is less than it should be. And I know more about Abu Dhabi. Oh, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and the conversation goes on. So with time, I, I started understanding that, that you know, it's, 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 it's simple. I'm from Abu Dhabi. All right. Originally, my parents are Lebanese, and I have a Lebanese passport. But I'm from Abu Dhabi. That's the truth of it. You know, it's 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 at least for me. That's how I feel, and I think it's very important. I'm not right, and I'm not wrong. It's about me and how I take it. It's very important for people to identify themselves, and that will help them, you know, move on, or or not only move on, at least remove that idea of identity crisis. Um. Okay, we have two questions left. Okay, and one of them is a big one. Um, So at Brit Wilkes Lingham asks you, my children are third culture kids from two vastly different cultures and have lived in many different countries, none of which are either their parents' home countries. I would ask which culture they feel they identify the most. What advantages do you feel third culture kids have and do you feel you have missed out on anything by being a third culture kid? That, that's like three questions uh, there. <laughs> yeah, the, fir- the first uh, I can I can see the first question about uh, her children and what culture they feel that they identify with the most. I honestly think it's up to her children. I don't think it's, it's it, somebody might have the same story as as I do and would still relate that he's more Lebanese than Abdullah. So it's not a matter of it's not a fact. It's about everyone and how he relates himself. So I think it's up to the children when they grow up. And as we discussed previously in the show, you might relate to three or she said many countries. You, you might They might relate to three or four countries. Uh, I got this from the Middle East. Uh, I got this from North Africa. I got the, you know what I mean? So it, it depends. It depends. It's a very uh, open-ended question, I guess. Um, advantages as a third uh, kid, uh, third culture kid. Uh, there are advantages being a third culture kid in Abu Dhabi, definitely. Because in Abu Dhabi, you know, we were exposed to... Um, various different cultures since, since we're children. Uh, first of all, you're exposed to the UAE culture. Second, you're exposed to the culture you are creating together or you are part together. And third, you are, you are experiencing their culture, whether it's an Indian, uh, Indian classmate, uh, English classmate, uh, Middle Eastern, Arab, whatever. And I think uh, this played a huge role towards a lot of people in the UAE, which I can speak of personally in terms of 
religious tolerance, uh, no uh, no difference of race uh, and, and, and identity, etc. We were all raised in this way, which is really nice. And again, this is an advantage of a third culture kid in Abu Dhabi, which I can talk about. Now, a third culture kid might 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 not have advantages if he was brought up in somewhere else where he didn't have the opportunities we had. So. Um, uh, I can say that as my answer. And uh, do you do I feel if I missed out on anything by being a third country kid? I, I don't really think I would I would miss out on anything if I didn't experience something else, not being a third country kid. You know what I mean? Like maybe if I go back to Lebanon one day and I live there for 10 years, after 10 years, I'll say, uh, okay, this is what I missed out on because I was a third country kid. You know, but as long as I did not experience that, I would never know the answer to that. So I think life will teach me. Yeah, true. Yeah. I think there is a joy in rediscovering um, parts or or facets of your of your culture at, uh, for example, at an older age. I mean, there's there's parts to it. I think which is joyful is that you you, you kind of you know discover or experience those things. So I think I think I kind of agree with you. Missing out, maybe not so much. There's other things. On the flip side, you'll say, well, that person may have missed out in what a third culture could on be being a third, yeah, exactly. for example yeah. um, mm. the last big question comes from a dear friend of mine who is actually Lebanese living in Australia believe it or not oh, okay. uh, yes. and um, at well, it's too long what about we go one, one, one part at a time <laughs> sure let's do it it's, it it's, 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 quite, it's quite huge um, so at Azmi Taiba says are third culture kids simply people with confused identities and no sense of true belonging? Um, well, look, you're only confused because you still didn't accept who you are or where you're from. I think it's just a matter of sitting down with yourself and, and deciding where do you feel you are from. And once you decide whether it was back to your old culture or new culture, you're not confused anymore. You have an identity. You gave an identity to yourself. So, yeah, I think uh, that's that. The, okay, so just moving on, since there's a lot. Yeah. Um, does being brought up in a certain culture make you part of that culture? I think we touched on this already. We touched this on this one, yeah. Uh, and then what about the people who brought you up? Aren't they adding part of their own background? Again, I think, again, we touched on this one. Our um, parents, yeah, the definitely. And then... The, just at the end, I'm going to read this through. I just want your thought on just this part. So the truth is, the culture they were brought up into may never seem, see them as equals, and sharing a nationality only gives a, a sense of false belonging. Even those who consider sharing a religion or a language is essential will often find themselves in the middle of nowhere. So as a third culture kid, I came to the conclusion that we will never achieve inner peace unless we really believe that a third culture kid is something positive. Whether we know it or not, we are at a, an advantage. When it comes to globalization, we are steps ahead. We have already learned how to adapt, and we have most probably picked up a second or third language. And we have most importantly learned to love, respect, and accept others. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I really love this last point. Uh, what she said uh, makes absolute sense. Uh, I mean, the, the only part that I might that, uh, would like to discuss is when she said that being a third culture kid is something positive, uh, that, that you won't achieve inner peace unless you believe that you know it's something positive. I think it's not a matter of positivity. I think it's more a matter of acceptance. And I said that before. It's just you sitting with yourself, identifying where you are from, and then and then 
and and why should it really be a major thing in your life? You know what I mean? Like why let it be a crisis, as they as they name it, identity crisis. Crisis, such a negative word. You know, it's, it's crisis is like a disaster. You know, it's a, it's a term that is really strong and solid. Why do they use that term? It's not it's not necessarily a crisis. Okay, you might be confused at some part, some time of your life. I was confused, and I believe that I won't, I wouldn't be who I am today if I did not go through that confu- different confusion states in my life, which is very normal. Uh, at the end of the day, she she should sit, she's Lebanese living in Australia. She says, he he actually he, he's a he. He's Lebanese. Okay. Uh, ask me. Okay. Sorry, my <laughs> yeah, just don't. Anyways, he's Lebanese living in Australia, so he has to sit down with himself. Does he really feel Lebanese? Or does he feel like a Lebanese living in Australia? And and by the way, the Lebanese community in Australia is a huge one. They have their own culture as well. Whether they know it or they don't, they do have their own culture as Lebanese Australians. You know, and and it's it's, it's all over. I mean, it's all over the world. And with globalization nowadays, uh, I mean, you have a lot of third country kids all over the world. No, especially, uh, I mean, places like the UAE, uh, where they're open to different cultures, etc. Having various, I don't know what's the exact number of nationalities in the UAE, but I believe it's every single nationality in the world. And, and we, um, and we both were brought up in the same class with the, with the Egyptian, with the Sudanese, with the Palestinian, with the Emirati, with the uh, Western, with the three Indians, the two Asians. You know, so so we we were always exposed to that, and that helps us a lot when it comes to accepting different cultures, you know? Uh, and traveling supports that. The more you travel, yeah. the more you learn, the more you use to learn, so traveling supports that. Funnily enough, uh, Azmi actually is like us. He actually lived here in Abu Dhabi, and he traveled with me to Lebanon, and we studied there, and only then did he actually stayed after university, and only a couple of years ago, he's been in Australia. So I think he gets it kind of gets what you're talking about and, and, and having lived through a series of yeah. different cultures and having that sort of acceptance. And another last point that I want to mention before I go to my final question is um, I really want to point out the key takeaway, which you said is it's not an identity crisis. And if you'll agree with me, I'd like to label it as an identity discovery. So we're more of in the process of, of discovering yeah. who we are rather than feeling uh, we are in a crisis and we have to know, uh, you know, I have to be this national. I love the term. I have to Honestly, I love the term. And I, I, think, I think it's it's probably the best and key takeaway from the discussion is identity yeah. discovery. Um, yeah. So thank you, Tara, for being with me on the show. I have one final question for you, and it is, sure. do you have a question for me? <laughs> Ah, that's a no. <laughs> I would ask you. I would ask you one thing, but you already you already said it in the show that you identify yourself similarly to how I identify myself. Yeah. So that was that was honestly a very nice question, but you already said it in the show. So you, as an Abu Dhabi and as a Lebanese born and raised in Abu Dhabi, do you identify yourself as somebody? An Abu Dhabian, like you know, and and I think you do, which is good. A lot of people don't. My wife doesn't really accept, agree with me on on most of the points, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's opinions and how you feel. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Tar, I want to say thank you so much for being with us on the show. It's yeah, been right, an right. absolute, absolute pleasure. Um, I just want to sign us off now, and thank you for having this discussion on th- on third culture kids. 
We never really discussed it before on the show. Um, Guys, this has been the Nobody's Famous Podcast with the one and the only it's an absolute pleasure. You can find us on Spotify, Anrami, SoundCloud, um, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, whatever. And if you want to watch us, you can also watch us on YouTube. So check us out. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. And also, you better check out Barada and his DJing skills. The man with the plan. So thank you so much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure.